Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In Memphis, a strange singer with a God-given talent drifts to the mythic city of Memphis under a canopy of ancient oak trees and shattered windows and a burning spirituality. Surrounded by lovers, legends, hustlers, preachers, and a wolf pack of kids, the unstable performer avoids the recording studio and is driven to spend time to form his own self-discovery. Shown in fragments, his, his journey drags him from love and happiness right to the edge of another dimension. The film is Memphis, and the director is Tim Sutton. Tim, welcome to Film School. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, it sounds like sounds like a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have to tell you, I I, I, I love your film. Can I just say that? I, I, this is going to be a love fest. So uh, I just, these are the kind you. of movies I love to, to watch, and I'm so happy to be able to give some um, some support to uh Tell me a little bit how you got to know, uh, I didn't even mention that really the subject of the film is Willis Earl Beale, um, terrific sure. singer, songwriter, wonderful talent. Tell me how you got to know him, and, and at what point did you decide you wanted to do a film involving him? Sure. Um, well, I, I wanted to work with a musician, not an actor. Um, the film has no actors in it. It's all uh, you know, real people from Memphis, and I, I always knew that I wanted uh, a singer um who, you know, had a kind of mystique to it, a little mystery to his thing. And my producer, John Baker, found Willis uh, online. At the time, he was opening for uh, a singer-songwriter named Cat Power, who we both liked a lot. Yeah. And the more we kind of dug into Willis's music and his backstory, the more he, you know, he, had, he bore a, like, uncanny resemblance to the character who I had written. Really one, almost one and the same. And so I kind of, the more I then talked to Willis and we talked about the film, the more I kind of dropped what I had written to join, you know, Willis's real character. It would have been, wouldn't have been uh, interest, as interesting if I had Willis play a role. Willis playing the role of Willis is, a, is to me, a very interesting situation. Yeah. He is a fascinating man, he, and he has, a, he has really a tremendous presence. I mean, he uh, seems yeah. to have been, uh, you know, uh, he just has it. Um, the it factor. Yeah, he's been touched, touched, touched by God. Yeah, in addition to the fact that he is a wonderful singer, uh, and um, I, well, let, let, let's back up. So here, it, here he is, uh, sort of interacting with people in his life, uh, and and he is. There aren't a whole lot of serious plot points in the film. I mean, it's more... No. So, but the one is that he's under some pressure from his um, from his recording, from his producer and or the record label to produce a record. Isn't that sort of... Right. That's sort of... Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the basic kind of shell of the story. Um, you know, he's, he, he's asked to sing at church. He's asked to sing in the recording studio. He's asked to perform music as... Uh, as a, a, a vocation or as um, something that that is defined by others, um, and what what stops him and what what challenges him is that you know he doesn't see it that way and doesn't doesn't necessarily want to record the the kind of album that that his producers want him to record. Music is a much more natural kind of um, mystical environment for him to for him to to be in. So instead of this 
straight track where you have like a man who you know has writer's block and then you know gets over it and and, and finds a way to record that album. Willis's journey is much more about a person searching for answers, yeah. um, almost like searching to save his soul. Exactly, and and that is very much on his mind, and and he is you know willing more than willing to walk away from this because if he doesn't, it, it feels like if he doesn't find uh, out what he's looking for, and, and that sounds a little bit. <laughs> that sounds a little uh, highfalutin in the way I said it, but mm-hmm. there's certainly, a, a, you know, um, a he's a, a, certainly on a journey of, of sorts to, to find this. But, yeah, um, yeah. The movie, the movie, his he the character is on a journey, and then you know the movie is designed to play out so that the audience kind of joins that journey. Yeah. And and the, if there was a lot of plot points in this movie, it wouldn't be as I don't think it would be as effective. I think what makes one of the things that makes the movie effective, you know, outside of evocative cinematography and a wonderful performance by by Willis and and you know Memphis playing a lead role is is that there isn't a lot to get in the way of this world. It's a world that we created that you can kind of experience for yourself, walk around and watch Willis really observe and soak it up. And so it doesn't answer, you know, specific uh, plot answers, but it gives you time to ruminate on a lot of different ideas that go on in the film. I agree. I agree. We're speaking with Tim Sutton. He's the director of the film Memphis. Uh, it's opening at the Sundance Select Theaters here in Los Angeles today. This is uh, September 12th. And uh, it for me, this this sort of br- uh, brushstrokes, the film is a lot of brushstrokes that at the end add up sure. to, to a lot. It's very much... To me, this is sort of the definition of an artist. It doesn't happen that often in film for me, where at the end of it, it comes together. As as when you step back from the from the watching the film, uh, you're left with a, a very strong impression, and, and the impression of him, Willis, Earl right. Beale, and also of the life he lives. There's a very much there's a, a very um, there's the reality of the world he lives in, and then there's something mm-hmm. very ethereal about the world he lives in as well. It all feels very, very much uh, a part of the same picture, really. Um, yeah. Well, it really, it really is about, um, you know, a character that want, you know wants is of one dimension but can see another. Yeah. I mean, not to sound not to sound highfalutin or, or too mystical, but there are there to me there are some great artists. People like Thelonious Monk or John Coltrane or or even Kurt Cobain. I, you know, typically like these, there are some, some great musicians in the world who have what I kind of see as a third eye. Yeah. You know, their talent lifts them to a certain kind of place where there's there's a lot going on in their vision, and sometimes that's their sound. With Willis, that's the, also not only his sound and his voice, but his outlook on life, his philosophy towards life is is very unique and very. Um, open-minded his voice is terrific too i mean he. oh yeah i mean it's a he he can you can put that voice right up with the legends i really feel that yeah it it is it's in it but it and you can call it sort of r&b soul and but it's it's different i mean it is but it there's some it it is the inherent quality to his and and right it comes from uh, but it's very avant-garde at the same time yeah yeah very avant-garde Tell me a little about you. You mentioned that non-actors throughout the film. Everybody's terrific mm-hmm. in it. Everybody is really uh, wonderful in it. Uh, the one that, uh, among many, but the one that sort of sticks in my mind is his friend, who who's right. lost his leg. Right. Uh, well, who? Yeah, that, 
That so, guy we met, you know, we, we, we went down to Memphis to find people who wanted to share their vision of Memphis at the same time to kind of collaborate. It's not me just going down there and saying, this is how we're going to do the, mo- do the movie. It's me going down there and, to, and saying, I want to make a mythic vision of Memphis. And to do that, I need people to, to, to lend their creativity, their stories, their ideas, their faces. And when we met him, um, you know, we met him at a, at a kind of old school lunk, local uh, lunch place. And he looked like part gangster and part holy man. Yeah. You know, he just has a wisdom to him. And so the, the, I, I catered the, this character that I had written and changed it so it could be this, this, this guy. And they had the same kind of, same spirit as the guy that I had written, this character I had written. And the, kind of a mysterious uh, part angel, part, uh, you know, part, part devil. But to, to me, this guy just had lived a really, really intense um, life and had a lot of wisdom yeah. and was very open to, to sharing that. I don't think a lot of people go down there and say, hey, what's your story? You know, and, and with any real interest. And I was able to go down there and say, let's tell a story together. And I think there's, there's a certain type of person who can just glow on screen during that. Well, he, he's wonderful, and I, I, I'd like to give a name to him. What, what's his name? The... His name is Lopeka Thomas. Yeah. Uh, again, there's so many dynamic people in this film. Uh, and I have to ask you, I don't know if this is a, too inside or not, but the young boy we see in the film, is he's he the brother? Right. He's a brother of the... Or is he just a kid that, in the film, um, he kept looking at the camera and you didn't cut it. Is yeah. it, was there? Yeah. Did you want to break that fourth wall? Is that what you were looking to yeah. do? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, you know, we, what what we did is I wanted to cast a kid who who didn't think about cameras and didn't think about movies and didn't think, oh, like I'm a movie, I'm in a movie now. I wanted someone so natural that um, would would. Not, that it wouldn't matter if he looked at the camera, like yeah. that it felt very natural for him to look away. Uh, it felt very uncomfortable when he was avoiding looking at the camera because that's what you're supposed to do. And then after a while, and my assistant director was the one who noticed it first, she's like, what if he's the one who sees us? Yeah. And that helped me build the camera because he is the bridge between Willis, not only Willis and 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 Innocence, for example, but like he's the bridge between Willis and us. He's the one who knows that we're watching, and he's watching us. Yeah. And that became something very fascinating. Again, breaks down this, the, the artificial walls that are in filmmaking. Listen, if you're making an Austin George Clooney movie, and it's perfectly directed and perfectly written, and you know the actors then look at the camera, of course it doesn't work. But there's, this kind of cinema is more liquid, and yeah. you have to go where it, where it goes, and you have to become... The filmmaker has to become open to the things that are happening right before him or her instead of saying, well, like, oh, well, he can't look at the camera. Of course, he's like, you're not supposed to. Well, why not? Yeah. You well, know, we're, we're, we're building a world with, uh, with different rules. And, and I think, like, that kind of kid, he becomes so watchable the entire movie because you're connecting to him in, in your own way. Well, I'm so glad to see, hear you say that because I, I've had the same impression that, oh, okay. Exactly. Again, this film is very impressionistic. It's very, it's very uh, d- different from, as you said, a George Clooney movie where everything right. in production right. is perfect. And 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 when I saw him do that the first time, I thought, well, wait a minute, I I don't that something something's up here. And then 
he I think in every scene he's in he looks at the camera at some point usually yeah. at the very yeah. the very last thing you see of him he looks back at the camera yeah. I just loved it yeah. I just I thought this is wonderful this is exactly what you said I'm so happy that, uh, that you, that's how you intended it yeah uh, um, well just to, to you got to be open to the things that present yourself that's that's what the art is if yeah. we're just fulfilling what we've written down months ago in a script yeah, that's that's a different. It's a, it's just a different medium, well, it's a different I, art form. Tim, I have the sense that that you once you got down to Memphis and what you were sitting there and uh, that you were more than happy to kind of go with the flow with with yeah with the yeah. I mean, with the kind of budget we had and the kind of small crew we had and that the vision, the kind of it's it's a it's a like um if it was supposed to be an epic in miniature, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it was always supposed to be a very small small. Uh, no crew that kind of travels where the film takes us and you, you there would have been a completely different movie if we had gone down and tried to try to construct a more official version of memphis what's so wonderful about memphis is that it has it has a real lost eden quality to it it's a real folklore waiting to be kind of inspected i think that's why so many musicians go down and record just so they can record in memphis yeah um, and and as a filmmaker it felt very similar for me like this story was waiting to just be chiseled out down there by someone well it is it's just such a it is such a good film and i and again that the, there's such a star presence to willis uh, earl beale yeah and, yeah, and he is really fantastic and his work his work as a musician is wonderful i i now are you getting a pretty wide distribution of this film? Um, is this well? It, it opened in New York last week. It's in L.A. this week, and then it opens up in, I believe, five cities. I think we have thirty to forty cities on the list Good. in North America, and Good. it'll it'll play. It plays. Um, it has deals in Europe. It won't play theatrical in Europe, but it'll play a, a big festival, uh, big festival run, and play on TV and and iTunes and all and Netflix and all of that. So it, it's for a, for a very, um, you know, unfortunately, the, the art film has been marginalized in, in, in mainstream filmmaking, uh, film going. But so I think it's a real testament to people still wanting to see something that challenges their, their ideas of, of what storytelling and what movie making is. Yeah. And so it's, it, I, I feel completely um, excited about the level of release that it's getting what it's getting that's you know, fantastic it's, it's, to hear it can it's a film like this is easily ignored you well, know when you're with a good distributor kino lorber is, is they do they, sure that uh, that's a great right yeah they really really do a good job and uh again i i can't say this enough to the listener if you go to the sundance sundance select theaters this week um it's playing all week uh to see memphis I, I just yeah. this is the I'll kind be of movie. There tonight. My producer and I will be there Friday and Saturday nights oh, for Q and A. Fantastic, which have been very, very enjoyable. You know, a lot of people, a lot of questions. So, what screening are you going to be at? Um, I'll be there tonight at both evening screens. I think there's a seven thirty and a ten thirty or something. Oh, fantastic! And, uh, okay, and then tomorrow night too. So tomorrow. both evening shows. Well, I I apologize for a little snafu earlier getting you on, but uh, congratulations to this wonderful film, Memphis. The uh, filmmaker is Tim Sutton, and thank you so much for being here on Film School. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Hey, take care. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.